0: Hey guys, I am Michael Zeal hosting this podcast today. Today we have Simon Lamar on our athletes. Simon is of USA Swing. He's actually of the Open Water Swimming, so he gets to swim. Uh, he's not in pools. Uh, he's doing some other incredible things. So um, enjoy this episode. Simon's a really cool dude. He's a young guy. He's just gotten to college, knows what he's doing, but man, some of the stuff that he has to do on a daily basis is wicked. So I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Please listen to it. Enjoy it. Think of the things that Simon says and really try and gain some inspiration because I think there is a lot to be gained there. So, other than that, guys, hope you have an enjoyable episode. Thank you. All right, and welcome to another episode with Simon Lamar, 18-year-old U.S. Open Water National Team member. Congratulations to that, man. That's incredible. Two times junior worlds bronze medalist. Amazing. There we go. And on top of that, he's competed at the World Championships in the 25K and will be attending Harvard in the fall. Simon, thank you so much for joining me today, man.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Harvard, uh, it's uh, pretty prestigious. Uh, how, does, how, how do you feel about it? It's only, it's only a few days away. You getting excited?
1: Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I mean, just the reputation of the school and everything, but I'm ready to make an impact and hopefully learn a lot from not only my teammates, but the school in general.
0: Heck yeah, man. Congratulations. That is uh, pretty incredible. I've only talked to a, ham- a literal handful of people that went to Harvard in my life. So that's a, it's a pretty cool, one, man. You're you're in a prestigious school with a bunch of, a bunch of pretty smart people. So um, I look mm-hmm. forward to hearing, hearing some of the stories that come out of there. So congratulations again. Um, but Simon, we got you. Obviously we're trying to talk to you because you are on the U S Olympic national team, as I said, for the open water, uh, which is pretty incredible. Definitely want to understand a little bit more with the differences um, between the two teams that way but um, first if you know if you don't mind just giving us a little bit of a story on kind of how you got up to you know be getting accepted or making the team and then also being accepted to Harvard it's pretty impressive right there.
1: Yeah yeah, for sure uh, well I started swimming when I was about six or seven years old just a club team about 25 minutes from my house. Uh, my dad was a swimmer in Venezuela and just wanted to have some water safety and you know ever since then I've just stayed with the team since that six or seven year old and You know, now just finished my last club practice with them earlier this week. So it's been a good ride.
0: Congratulations. Very um, emotional, I'm assuming, you know, after however many years, the last 12 years, pretty much doing that with the the, uh, same group of guys and girls.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely been emotional. You know, I've seen the ups and downs, but, uh, you know, ready for this new chapter at Harvard. Heck yeah, man. Congratulations.
0: And what, um, I mean, I have to ask you, what was your GPA? Were you the valedictorian at your school? Like you got into Harvard, man. That's pretty impressive.
1: Um, yeah, actually at our school, they don't have valedictorians. Uh, Uh, they got rid of them a few years ago, but I was in like the four, four GPA range all throughout high school. So just wanted to keep those grades up. It's always been an important aspect.
0: Love it, man. Love it. So I guess, um, the first question I'll ask you is, you know, obviously, being named to the U S national team for, for open water as, as, you know, what, what was that like when, you know, when did you get a letter? Did someone give you a phone call? Did someone shoot you a text message? Hey man, you got it. Like, what was that like? What were some of the emotions you were feeling when, when that um, announcement finally came down?
1: Yeah. So it was actually last year at uh, open water nationals in 2017, uh, Lake Costaic here in Santa Clarita, California. Um, pretty much the top six in the 10 kilometer race are named to the national team. And I always thought I had a good shot. Uh, some guys had just retired and I thought, you know, maybe this could be my year that I make it and ended up being the fifth American in that race. So I ended up being lame to the team later that weekend and, you know, ecstatic. it's always been a dream to be a part of the national team.
0: That's, that's pretty incredible, dude. So I guess you kind of saw it coming. It sounds like you kind of knew. A it's almost like the perfect storm of things that happens. People retired. You got the top six as you were saying. Um, just for the audience's sake, is open water a part of the Olympics?
1: Yeah, the ten K race is part of the Olympics for girls and guys. And you know, hopefully it's gonna be something that you see more often in the Olympics and more attraction to it.
0: Absolutely. And is it the does the whole all six of you make it or is it a how how exactly does it work for you to actually race in in the Olympics in Tokyo twenty twenty?
1: Well, yeah. Um, next year we'll have the Olympic trials actually, and the top two finishers in the men's 10 K and the women's 10 K will qualify for the world championships. And there you have to place in the top 10 to automatically make it to the Olympics.
0: Okay. But then it sounds like if, if automatic placement, there's a, at large bids and there's some kind of leeway, I'm assuming somewhere along the line.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So if you want to have two people from your country go, you have to place in the top 10 at that world championships And if only one places and one place outside of the top 10, only one can go.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. Well, Hey man, we're crossing our fingers for you. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you. A hundred percent, man. hundred percent. And so I guess you are young, but it sounds like you're one of the best, you know, literally in the world at this. What from a performance standpoint now with, uh, dealing, you know, now that your club team is over, obviously you're training, I'm assuming at some point with the the national team and now with Harvard from a performance standpoint, what's expected of you on a daily basis, um, to make sure that you're getting better and that you are working to be, you know, one of the top two in the country at something like this.
1: Yeah. You know, it's pretty much just dedication to the training, um, nutrition and recovery. I think is the main part, you know, getting enough sleep. Um, but you know, you have to be held accountable for everything you do, uh, you know, what that means, some sacrifices of going out with friends or whatever that may be. Um, to that extent, everyone's different, obviously. But, you know, it's pretty much just a lot of mental fortitude as well. Just being able to get in that pool every day and, you know, do your best.
0: Absolutely. I was going to say at 18, I was definitely hanging out with my friends, probably doing a bunch of stuff that I wasn't supposed to be doing. So <laughs> more, more power to you, man, for being able to do something like that. That is pretty Thank cool. Um, and I guess just segueing right over to the next. So. With obviously being named to the team last year, so it's been a significant amount of time at this point, you kind of know what you're getting into. What on a daily, you know, as you were saying with recovery, with nutrition, coaching, practicing, holding holding yourself accountable, what is expected of you on that side of a a daily routine, a seven days a week? What are some of the things that you need to do um, that maybe the average Olympic watcher doesn't even know about or just all of it in general?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I guess like the school year is also a little different too. Um, you know, you have to get up for those 5 a.m. workouts. Um, then, you know, go to school, do your homework and, you know, back again in the pool at 3.30. So it's a pretty demanding schedule, but, you know, you also have to try to just manage everything, whether that can be doing some homework in between classes or, you know, getting that nap in. Um, you know, I also have, have a chiropractor as well. Just being able to, you know, I'm sorry, just being able to, You know, have a nice balance between things and have a nice support group around you, I think is the most important part. But yeah, you know, got to wake up just like everyone else. And even if it may be at 4.15 in the morning, you know, at the end of the day, hopefully that result is well worth it.
0: Absolutely, that's I've had to wake up at four fifteen only a handful of times in my life. So again, more power to you. If someone, if I eighteen, someone was like, "Hey, you need to wake up at you know four o'clock in the morning," I would have just probably quit. So that's why we have people like you that help us and uh, represent our country and something like this. So I do appreciate it. Um, but I guess on on a specific, I guess a more specific answer, like what exactly, you know, tell. Walk me through one of your days and kind of what the grueling, um, and before, let's let's talk about, you know, we'll get to Harvard, and obviously okay. that's going to be difficult on just on top of everything. But right now, what do you go through? Like, you know, what time do you wake up? What time do you go to sleep? What happens throughout your day specifically?
1: Yeah, the summer schedule is a little different. Um, but during the summer, you it's know, get up at 6.15, practice at 7. Uh, you should go 7 to 9. And then there's an afternoon practice from, that runs around 3.30 to 6.30. And, you know, in between that, you got to pretty much just eat, and sleep eat again back to the pool and you know come back you're pretty beat up but you know got to eat again refuel and just recover a lot of stretching a lot of foam rolling and uh, you know just taking care of your body that's what i usually try to do a lot of shoulder exercises just mm-hmm. freestyle takes a lot out of you especially those long distances so yeah and a lot of people get injuries that way so that's pretty much the main schedule during the summer and the school years like i said that waking up early going to swim and that homework and all of that so all that included, it's a lot of, it's a big toll on the mind and the body, but you know, it's what you got to do to hopefully be at that top level.
0: Hey man. Yeah. There's only so many, um, so many elite athletes in the world. Um, so, you know, again, we appreciate what you're doing and how you're doing is extremely, extremely impressive. And we really do love that. So five hours of practice a day, and then we're going to throw on top of, Oh, you actually have to get up earlier. Oh, now you have to have how many, what? 12 to 15 credits at one of the Most prestigious colleges in the United, you know, let's call it the world. At that point, you know what what is the prospects of that? And I don't want to kind of scare you into anything right now, but you know, understanding that whole side of it as well, and making sure, you know, obviously you had, as you told me, a four point four GPA at your high school. I expect you to, you know, obviously in college that's not going to happen because that's how college works. But what you know, you're going to shoot for that four zero. So how much extra time? Like, there's only twenty four hours in a day, man. Like, what? How do you? how do you see yourself being able to do all this? And you only have seven days a week. So, you know, how do you see yourself being able to do this, making sure you're sleeping the correct amount? Um, because as you said, you know, recovery is an extremely big portion of it and sleep is a huge, huge portion of recovery. So kind of how do you how do you see all that playing out? And obviously we we don't know, but, you know, what do you yeah. what do you see on that front?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I also have a great support group out there. Haven't been swimming with them yet. Obviously, I'll move in uh, August 25th. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the practice are a little later. Start at 6.30, not at 5 a.m., And, you know, I don't really know yet my main plan, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I also know classes, not as many classes in a day. I have more time to just balance things out. And I think creating that schedule, I'm really big on, you know, having a schedule. This is Mm -hmm. what I do every single day. And this is the time that I do it at. If I have like sort of that master plan, I think I'll be set. And, you know, just that support group, I think is going to be the main thing when I'm stressed out or Mm -hmm. really tired, having guys around you that are pushing you to your best is, what's going to, you know, propel me forward.
0: Absolutely, man. That's a hundred percent. You're the average of the five people you see and hang out with the most. Uh, and I truly believe that. So definitely pick those five people correctly. In your case, it sounds like there'll be a couple more and hopefully they'll be able to push you. You'll be able to push against them um, and they'll be able to hold you up when you're falling down and you'll be able to pick them up uh, when some of them might be able to falter a little bit. So congratulations again, man. That is Thank pretty you. impressive. And again, you're going to a pretty, pretty amazing school. So there's always that whole side of it as well. So dude, that is just, you know, it's, it's, it's more incredible. The more I think about it, you know, the fact that you're able to accomplish all these things. Um, I guess let's, let's take a step back a little bit. Is there any prospects of you making, I guess, the non open water team and actually being in the pool in one of these lanes
1: anytime soon? Um, you know, I haven't really thought about it too much. My main goal has always been open water. Once I realized I had a shot, but I will be training in the pool a lot, uh, just because NCAA and representing Harvard that's in the short course yards pool. But, um, you know, right now there's some pretty good guys like Jordan Wilomofsky he's a pool swimmer and an open water swimmer. He made it in the Olympics in both the last go around. So, uh, you know, it's, we're going to see, um, if I find myself making the team next year in the Olympics for open water, probably won't be in the pool, um, for 2020 at least, but, You know, it's also good to swim in the pool. I think the balance is there. Uh, I think I can be in the top eight. Hopefully, that'd be my goal. And you know, we're also going to see you know how I progress within the next two years. It's a long time. My body will change, and training will change as well. So, whatever goes with it.
0: Hey, man, roll with the punches or uh, with the waves in this case, I guess, for a little full extra open water pun. <laughs> so what, um, I guess for the average person and even myself, I'll consider myself the average person, what are some of the biggest differences between the open water swimming and the pool swimming um, that really ma- either makes it more difficult or in your mind even easier?
1: Well, you know, the distance is a huge thing. The, really, yeah, the yeah. pool is a 1500. It's about 15, a little under 15 minutes for the you know, Olympians and guys here at the top. And then open water, 10 10K. Anywhere from an hour fifty minutes to a little over two hours, so it's a lot more of a mental game, mm-hmm. I think um, that people realize, and it's also in a course too. You know, you don't really see anything conditions, you can't prepare for really, and that's the main thing I think. Um, and just being able to draft too off, and there's a main pack as well, just a bunch of swimmers, you know, hitting each other. It's a lot more physical than people realize, I think, um, which is something for me, like a guy my size, only about 58 uh, five, seven, you know, it's, and you know, hitting guys who are six foot three, it's, you know, it takes a toll on the body as well. So mm-hmm. I try to, you know, steer away from that. And that's pretty much the main thing, though, just, it's a lot longer and a lot more mental than most people realize.
0: It kind of almost sounds like, um for uh, analogy's sake, almost like a marathon at that point, you know, like, pretty yeah. much as long as you have the ability to run, you can run a marathon. It's just mm-hmm mentally, can you get through and, and break through the point where you want to collapse? Because you can keep pushing. Uh, you know, obviously, certain people, certain body types can't, but you can keep pushing, you can keep going. And it sounds like you have that ability. And that's you know, obviously with, with your grades, again, getting into Harvard, being able to do all these things at such a young age, it sounds like you have the mental capacity to do something like that, the mental fortitude, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know, 10... 10,000 kilometers that just sounds like forever, you know, even running, you know, I I've ran a 5k before and I, you know, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. I'm good. You know? And, uh, you know, you're, you're swimming for 10,000, uh, kilometers. That's pretty impressive. What's, I guess, what's the craziest thing that has happened to you in a race or in practice while you're out on the open water?
1: Yeah. Um, it was actually last year I was in a pack and I saw myself swimming, um, sort of getting pushed around by a little bigger guy from Great Britain. And all of a sudden he's just sort of elbowed me in the face and my goggles popped off and I, you know, luckily caught them in the air and put them back on. But that's sort of, I had to, you know, like reality check, like, okay, I'm in this race. I'm with these guys. It's going to be a lot more physical than I think. And I'm just going to have to keep push, push through. And, you know, ended up beating him. So that was nice. Pretty satisfying. He hit me in the face, but that's definitely the craziest thing. My goggles falling off because I mean, we still had another 3000 meters to go. So but I put him back on, and I got
0: lucky. Congratulations, man. Yeah, beating him, I think, was the uh, the vindication he deserved, and you uh, were looking for anyway. So that is that <laughs> is pretty phenomenal. I'm sure he didn't do it on purpose, of course. No, I know. Maybe he did. You never know. Yeah. I don't know the guy. You know, <laughs> you might know him a little bit better than I have. You don't know. Um, so that's pr- that's pretty cool. And so you swam, what was it, the 25,000, uh, the 25K at yeah, World Championships? What, like, you know, 10K sounds far. You know, what what is – how much more ridiculous is adding two and a half times onto something like that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy almost. It's like a sort of suffering at that point. <laughs> um, but that's also like even more mental strength. I actually ended up getting out of that race at the 21 K I had a hip injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little disappointing for me. Cause I, you know, it's the biggest, one of the biggest stages in the world. But um, you know, I did all the training before that. And there some of those five hour practices that weren't split up. It was just a straight five hour practice and that race is a little more than five hours, so we do some crazy things in the pool, um, lots of really long swims, and you know, I'm, I was disappointed, but I took it as a learning experience as well. Like, okay, if I can do even the twenty-one k that I did, the ten k is only half of that. Mm-hmm. So you know, take that moving forward to my next races.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good point you bring up, like, obviously, for for practice in any sport, you want to make it more difficult than the games, kind of like anyone that ever played baseball, you put that little donut on your bat. So when you swing it, it's way heavier. And then you take it off the bat feels significantly lighter. What are some of the things that you guys do on a daily basis during practice that really pushes you so that way, you when you get to the 25k, you're like, Oh, wait, this actually isn't nearly as bad as I mean, obviously, it's, as you said, suffering, but you know, what, how do you how do you guys contra- compare and contrast that and be able to move forward?
1: Yeah, it's a little hard because most of our training comes in the pool. So Mm -hmm. we don't have those like conditions that, you know, with the waves or not being able to see. So that's a little difficult. Um, But some things we do just maybe a 10,000 straight, just a 10 K straight, two hours of swimming straight without stopping no water break or anything like that. And, you know, it's just a lot of, it's just testing the mind. A lot of things we do is just testing the mind. We just do a lot of long distance swims, a lot of repeat distance swims um, without stopping really just so you can, get that feeling of, okay, I can't stop every 200 meters or so. I have to stop every 2000 meters or so for a drink. Things of that nature, just really long swims.
0: And is there anything you guys do outside of the pool? I mean, I'm assuming some sort of weightlifting as well, but is there anything like, do you guys do running? Do you do anything outside of the pool that could actually increase your ability or, or make you more flexible or be able to swim a little bit stronger, better, faster kind of thing?
1: Uh, actually, you know, at this point in my club team, I, I never did any sort of lifting or dry line exercises. That was something with our plan with my club coach that we'd, you know, go with that once I go to college with the lifting coach, strength coach, mm-hmm. things like that. But, um, you know, outside of the pool, not really um, sort of things be like a sports psychologist or something like that. So it's that not physical but mental. Mm-hmm. I think that was more of a main advantage that I could use.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, you know, you bring you you've brought up the mental point a few times now, and it completely makes sense. Um, just being able to to push through. I mean, a practice alone of ten k straight swimming, you know, that sounds pretty grueling as it is, and then just throw you into conditions that you're not used to with potential things that are going to happen next to people that accidentally hit you in the face and knock off your goggles is definitely, you know, definitely throwing, throwing a wrench in the thing. So that is, that is pretty impressive. Um, so I feel like I might know the answer to this question, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask it anyway, just to hear what you say. What kind of skills do you work on on a daily basis to make sure that you are ready for what sounds like grueling practices, but also, you know, the events that you you need to run, uh, or I'm sorry, you need to swim.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I actually, uh... I try to sort of like meditate a little bit, mm-hmm. um, or not even meditate, but just relax, relax the mind, um, and relax the body as well. I love to take naps before like even practice, like if like can nap 15 minutes before practice, I'll do it just for a little bit. And you know, that's pretty much it. I just try to get my mind focused in what I'm doing for the practice. Um, because some days, you know, you'll be doing those long practices and there's also days where I'm going to be off and I'm not going to be focused in the practice, but you know, I'm human just like everyone else. So That's sort of the main thing. And race day comes, you know, just that's all focused on the race day. Not really any outside distractions. You put my phone away, take off social media, things like so I won't be distracted reading or anything
0: like that. Yeah, you don't want to read BuzzFeed's seven reasons (laughs) why this, that, and the other thing. No, 100% man. Yeah, I kind of assumed that, you know, obviously, again, we've been talking that seems like this is, you know, what you're doing is much more of a mental thing. Obviously, the endurance aspect of it has to be there, you know, you can't just, Mm -hmm. I can't drop into a pool and do something like that. Um, But either way, it's pretty impressive. And that does make sense. Honestly, I meditate every single day. I love it. It absolutely relaxes me, gets me going seven o'clock in the morning, kind of sets my whole day up in a nice trajectory. So I always love doing something like that. Um, I guess let's take a step back away from swimming and and Harvard and all these things. What do you like outside of the pool? It sounds like you spend, you know, almost 17 hours a day worrying about what's going on in the pool or or not going on in the pool, worrying about what's in the pool. So what, um, you know, outside of that, what do you do? And, you know, you're an 18 year old kid, like, what what do you do sometimes for fun?
1: Um, You know, I like to hang out with my friends a lot. Um, Some of the college guys are back from my club team. Um, They're here. And I, I watch a lot of Netflix, nice. like a lot. Um, You know, I play Fortnite too, just like all the other mm-hmm. college guys or high school kids. And I have a girlfriend as well. So we used to, you know, go out to the beach or just hang out at home. Just, you know, a lot of relaxing stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you if you're working as hard as you are, um, relaxing does sound like the uh, the main thing to do. When you go to the beach, do you try and show off by jumping in the water and, and swimming around a little bit?
1: <laughs> Not too much, you know. I'm actually it's ironic. I'm a little afraid of the ocean just because okay. you know, got the sharks. And, yeah, no, no. I yeah, hate
0: the ocean, but- man. Like I love the water. I hate the ocean. It's kind of. Gross. I mean, I'm up here in New Jersey, so it's a little mm-hmm. different down, you know, compared to what you got out in California. But no, man, I, I totally respect that. I would rather lay on the beach for 14 hours than be in the water for 14 minutes. So that's yeah. Totally <laughs> with you on that one. Totally with you on that one, man. And uh, I guess Netflix, what kind of shows are you li- or watching these days?
1: Um, you know, I've watched some movies lately. I I really love like a lot of the Marvel uh, okay. movies and okay. the shows that they have on Netflix. So like Luke Cage, like mm-hmm. you know, the second season a few weeks ago. I watched all of that in like two days. Um, my girlfriend's sort of into Gossip Girl right now, so I'm nice. watching it with her. Yep. Um, yeah, but uh, that's pretty much. Those are the two main shows and like series that I like to watch.
0: Very cool, man. Yeah, do your thing. I, I love Netflix. I fall asleep to it every night. It's, it's <laughs> one of the best things that was created, so I, I highly appreciate it. Um, sounds good, man. So I guess uh, last last topic I want to talk about a little bit. You and I spoke about it a little bit already, but I definitely want people to understand this aspect of it. So you are most likely you're an Olympic hopeful. Absolutely, you're on the U.S. Um, Olympic team, or you're on the U.S. team, um, national team, so the prospect of sponsorships is pretty huge. You know, I know that's how a lot of athletes are actually able to make their money, depending on the sport. And I don't know how it's split up between open water swimming and then the rest of the in pool swimming. I mean, if you want to get into that, you're more than welcome. But you know, just kind of curious with over the next four years being in Harvard and not being able to actually accept money or sponsorships for anything, because then that would ruin your eligibility. What what does that look like, and how do you do all the traveling and how do you do everything that you need to do, have the best coaching, obviously being at Harvard, it's helpful, but how do you get the best nutrition? How do you do all these things without actually being able to take an income?
1: Um, you know, it's a little difficult. Uh, you know, like I have my dad's been helping me mm-hmm. out with, you know, at least having a chiropractor um, that's been a main thing and mm-hmm. just being able to go to see a therapist when I need to, things like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm not too big on sort of the sponsorships as well. Cause I, you know, I was 17, 18 years old, mm-hmm. haven't really been, you know, into that sort of nature, but um, at least at Harvard, you know, it's a fully funded team for the most part, so we won't have to pay for, you know, going off to whatever meet NCAA mm-hmm. championships, Ivy League championships, things like that nature. And you know, we also have the nutritionists and the sports trainers, you know, available to us for free, so that'll help out a lot with that income and stuff like that. But Uh, You know, competing for the U.S. does come with its advantages. Uh, Last year we had a performance bonus for just going to the world championships and competing, and I was able to take that. Um, You know, it also takes a while just for NCAA compliance officers and all of that. So, you know, a lot of guys got it earlier than I did just Mm -hmm. because they're not in school anymore. It took me around, you know, four months to finally accept that money. So it's, it's a long process, but, you know, being able to get that money helps out with, you know, if I need to travel to a swim meet or any new... Equipment or anything of that nature sort of that's what the performance bonuses are used for So there's a pretty big incentive for trying to make that olympic team and you know winning a medal is yeah I think it's close to thirty thousand dollars for for winning a gold medal at least and you know twenty thousand and For you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know the exact numbers but somewhere around there Um, and you know, I, I know you can accept a percentage of that But it also goes through compliance and you know, i've heard it's a hassle and i've also gone through it But for that kind of money you know, there's some people that have to go through a lot more.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would take the four months if you know, someone said, Hey, just wait four months and we'll give you $30,000. I'm sure, I'm sure you'd be more than willing. And, and in two years, that seems like it's a real prospect considering, you know, you're, you'll, you'll be getting into the prime of your career pretty soon. I mean, the very beginning of it, but you're already on the team. So that's pretty amazing as it is. Um, thank you so much again, Simon Lamar really appreciate it. Uh, is there anything that you would like to leave the audience with at all? Excited? Um, maybe, maybe when the, the next couple of races are that people might be able to stream live on, uh, one of these interesting uh devices that we got in front of
1: us um yeah well next year is sort of the main race uh, open water nationals next year in 2019 don't know the exact dates yet or the location they haven't announced it but uh you know hopefully i'll be there and get in that top two and then you know hopefully world championships next year in 2019 yeah hey man we're we're crossing
0: our fingers for you and uh just to clarify are you going to be in the 25k the 10k or both
1: uh, well, open War national nationals just the 10k most likely, okay. and then at world championships to qualify for the Olympics, it will be in the 10k. So hopefully, okay. I qualify for both of those, and hopefully, be in 2020.
0: Absolutely, man. And we wish you all the health and the uh, you know, mental, as we said before, mental fortitude that you need and deserve, man. Thank you so much again. We're ha- lucky enough to have Simon Lamar. He is a member of the U.S. Open Water national team. He's a two-time junior bronze uh, medal winner. At, I'm sorry, two-time junior world's bronze medalist. He's attending Harvard. Congratulations one more time in the yeah. fall. And uh, has competed at the world championships already with next year looking like another time. So, again, Simon, thank you so much for, having, uh, for, for joining us today. We really
1: appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate
0: it. Hey guys, thank you so much again for listening to this episode of Our Athletes. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope you guys are getting something out of it. I truly believe that for the amount of time, energy, blood, sweat, tears, our athletes are putting into trying to be elite athletes and representing our country on the highest possible level, we don't give them nearly enough recognition. So um, this is my little way of giving back. I hope you guys really enjoy it. I hope you guys get something out of it, a little inspiration, maybe some fun, some interesting stories. Everybody likes a good story. So um, as you've heard in this episode and in many of the other ones, these athletes are going through incredible things to be able to represent us. And I think it's amazing on their part and we sincerely appreciate it. So thank you guys. If you could rate, comment, share, subscribe, do whatever you have to do. Tell all your friends about it because I do think... um, that we deserve to show our athletes a little bit more. So thank you guys so much and I hope you have a wonderful day.